Check this out, y'all. Audio level full volume. It's go time. This is Border to Border with Matt Josephs. He's super famous. This guy's a fraud, a phony. I respect women. I love women. I respect them so much that I completely stay away from them. Matt, your manliness is overwhelming. Sports. 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 Audio level full volume. It's go time. Here's Matt Josephs on Richmond's 1061 ESPN. Good afternoon, everybody. Border Border, 1061 ESPN. Matt Joseph's here on a Monday here in the capital city. Sounded like uh, sunspots, maybe. They get those up at Bristol sometimes. It wreaks havoc with their uh, feed. But hey, it's a Monday for everybody, including the technology in our life. Uh, so, hey, why not? We'll come in a little early. Uh, 327-0888, that is the phone number. That is the text line. 804 is the area code. And uh, certainly a lot to get into from the weekend in sports. And we want to hear from you, whether it's college-related, pro-related, baseball-related. Somebody might be watching the NBA preseason. That's uh, out there. Tuesday night's the opener for the NHL. I mean, listen, some of you out there like those sports, too. And uh, we'll get into all of it here over the next hour or so. Uh, No show tomorrow and no show Wednesday due to Major League Baseball. Thursday, we'll be back. Uh, we'll do our interview with uh, Coach uh, Signetti of James Madison, talk about their uh, bye week and everything, and then you know what we do on Friday. So it uh, should be a fun week here on the show. Uh, if, you're, uh, if you're one of our loyal listeners, tonight we will have uh, Game 2 of the series between the Braves and the Phillies. Uh, that will start in our airwaves, and then we'll go to Monday Night Football tonight, the Devontae Adams revenge game as the Raiders take on the Packers in what is sure to be a Packers home game uh, in Las Vegas. But uh, I told you, and I'm not going to spend the whole time on this because I know Bob will spend a lot of time on it, and there's other things I want to get into. Uh, I told Braves fans there wasn't going to be many games left in their season. I might have been a little overzealous by saying four. There could only be three games left in their season. We'll see what happens. 6.07 first pitch in Atlanta. Max Freed against Zach Wheeler. Uh, Braves a slight favorite in that one, but we'll uh, see what happens there. We'll get more into the baseball as we go along. We're already having a lot of people complaining about baseball's format, which what, hey, that's what happens when you lose. When people lose, they just complain. They don't uh, have their team take responsibility. They just basically have everybody else uh, be the issue. But I want to start today's show by talking about a team who didn't play yesterday in the NFL. I think you know where I'm going here because we sit here on a Monday, and it's game week now uh, for the Washington Commanders. They're getting set to play the uh, the Falcons, and um, I'm pulling up the line now. The Falcons were about like a one-and-a-half, two-point favorite. Last I saw, yep, uh, it's now up to two and a half in certain places. Uh, it would be a uh, ir- ironic turn of events if somehow Taylor Heineke took over for Desmond Ritter, who's n- not a very good quarterback for Atlanta. But I don't, I don't see that happening. And I sit here on a Monday, and I sit here and I say, like, where the where the news come out of Commanders Park, whatever they're calling it nowadays, whatever it is. I know I spent a lot of Friday saying this, but like, okay, Friday, you, you know, was the day after. And you're kind of soaking things in, and you're sitting there, you're overreacting to what happened on Thursday. But can we be serious for a second here? Like, if you look at the grand scheme of things in the NFC, there is one tier, there's a tier one in the NFC. It's the Eagles and the 49ers. They are by themselves. Then there's a tier two, which is Detroit and Dallas and Seattle. Okay? And don't give me Tampa Bay. Don't give me Green Bay. Don't give me the Rams. There's a tier two, and it's the Lions. It's Seattle, and it's Dallas. And then there's this Tier 3, and I'd really like to push the Commanders into this Tier 3 
But it almost feels like they just don't, they just don't, to me, it feels like a throwaway season because as I said on Friday, and I'm saying this once again, because it's, it's got to be hammered home. Somebody should have been fired after that game last week. Somebody should have gone. You don't, you have a lot of situations where if something like that happens in a lot of other cities, somebody gets fired. And Washington basically was like, oh, well, you know, it's Ron Rivera and it's, you know, uh, Jack Del Rio. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll even say, all right, let's pass on, on firing Ron Rivera. Jack Del Rio had to go. You had, you have, you had 10 days, nine days technically, because you're not going to prepare on that Thursday night after the game. You had nine days to get ready for the Falcons. It is a perfect amount of time for Jack Del Rio to go. Let us not forget, like, Jack Del Rio's whole package, you know, the stuff he said that may or may not have offended his players last year. Um, uh, the, the, the commander's defense, who consistently every game has secondary busts and things like that. Like, it's not like Jack Del Rio had a really great career as a defensive coordinator on this team and like, okay, the first year, oh, he's having a bad first year. No, that's that's not the case. He's been the defensive coordinator, and I'm pulling it up now. He's been the defensive coordinator since 2020. And every year we say, well, they've pumped a lot of first-round draft picks. They've pumped a lot of this and that and so on and so forth, and there should be more success. How many more years do we have to actually say that before somebody sits there and says, you know what? This is a season that this team would benefit from making the playoffs because they're not going to be bad enough to get a new quarterback and they're not going to be good enough to make the playoffs. So they're in that middle, which is where you don't want to be in any sort of sport. Because let's be honest here. As we talked about last week, five of their next seven are on the road. They play at Atlanta, a very winnable game. I don't believe in the Falcons. The Falcons are B. John Robinson. That's about it. Uh, they play at the Giants. Giants aren't very good. Uh, they host the Eagles, which will be an Eagles home game, essentially, because the Commanders fans who aren't happy sell their tickets off, and the Eagles fans scarf them up. Then they play at the bad Patriots and the really good Seahawks before coming home and hosting the Giants and then playing in Dallas on Thanksgiving. Like, there are at least three or four winnable games in there, but what faith do you have on this team whatsoever after losing at home to the Bears? Like this was this was a Thursday night game at home. The home team gets the advantage because they don't have to go anywhere. Chicago left and came to DC and put up their best offensive total. And so to me, it tells me that Washington is just not a serious organization right now. And, it, and it's almost Josh Harris. And I'm telling you, in two or three years, you are going to dislike Josh Harris. Josh Harris came in, did all the right things for the Sixers, did all the right things for that team, and now, everybody hates him because, A, he's trying to shove a uh, stadium downtown where no one wants it, and, B, he is um, he's just doing everything wrong. And so, like, it's great, and I, you know, listen, me, Robert, anybody who, who replacing uh, Daniel Snyder, that's super. That's awesome. But eventually... It's going to wear off. And if I'm Josh Harris, I can't, I would have come into this season with a plan because, as I said, if you told me that Sam Howe was going to have the statistics he was and this team was going to still be 2-3, and three, I would have said you're crazy. Sam Howe's not been the issue. Yeah, he didn't play great against Buffalo, but you probably weren't winning the Buffalo game anyway. He was very good against the Eagles. He was good enough against the Bears. 
Obviously, he made mistakes. Every all, all quarterbacks do. But I'm just saying, like, the fact that the Commanders came out of this little bye week and this little thing with uh, the same coaching staff they had last week is is a joke. It's an absolute joke. And I get loyalty and everything. I get all this stuff. I do. I understand. But I just, I don't know. It's 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 frustrating for me, and I'm not even a Commanders fan. Like, okay, you don't want to fire the head coach. That's great. I mean, you're not going to fire him at the end of the season. We've documented this. Their bye week is week 14. You're not going to fire him and bring in a different coach for the last four games of the season. Rams, Jets, Niners, Cowboys, which they could lose every game by then. Like, it depends on where they are in the whole system and everything. All right, so that's fine. Bring Ron Rivera back. But... Jack Del Rio gets to come back and coach. What if they give up another? What if they give up forty or something to Atlanta? Which I feel like Atlanta couldn't score forty points over a three-game stretch. But like, what if they play bad against Atlanta? Then what? Then you're just gonna say, "Well, it's okay." I'm telling you now, the two moves they should do is they should have fired Jack Del Rio, and if I'm them, I'm looking at trading one piece from that defensive line. Whether it's Chase Young, whether it's Jonathan Allen, whether it's Deron Payne, whether it's Montez Sweat, I'm trading one of them and getting some assets. Because what the hell good is having a really good defensive line when the rest of the defense is terrible? The rest of the defense. They never get the right linebackers. Their secondary is underperforming. Who cares if you have a really good defensive line? So that was kind of the thing as watching the NFL yesterday. Like, the commanders showing everybody that they're a serious team. They've given up 160 points. Did you realize, and I didn't realize this till now, the commanders have given up the second most points in football? Denver's given up 181. The commanders are at 160. The Giants are at 153 for reference point. But this team said during this 10-day break, they're like, ah, we're good. Don't worry about it. Send them out there for practice. Who cares? Go for it. I, I just... It's stunning to me because, look, if you if you tighten up this defense, your offense is good enough to keep you in games, you could upset somebody. You could upset the wrong team if you make it in as a wild card. But if you have Jack Del Rio still sitting there calling terrible defenses, like that kind of goes out the window. It, it kind of goes out the window. But we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, this week. If they if they give up, hell, I'll say if they even give up over 25, 24, I'm looking to see how many of the Falcons have scored this season. They scored 24 on the Panthers, 25 on the Packers, 6 against the Lions, 7 against the Jaguars, and 21 against the Texans. If they give up over 25, I mean, I don't even let, I don't even let Jack Del Rio come back on the plane. They may give him a raise. Who knows? They may just say, you know what? Screw it. Jack, you're getting a raise. Because they just don't care. 327-0888. That is the phone number. That is the text line. 804 is the area code. You can't have, you can't have a gap year in the NFL. You can't. Like you're, There's just too many things that happen. You look at some of these injuries. The Bengals came into this year with a lot of hope. And then Joe Burrow gets hurt in the first, what, four games? They were terrible. And they're two and three now. I'm like, you never know what's going to happen. Football, more than any other sport, there's more injuries. You can't have a gap year, and it seems like the commanders are treating this like a gap year, and you just can't do that. This league is too hard for you to do that. And so that's kind of the frustrating thing when you look at 
where this team sits in terms of everything else. Uh, let's take a time out. Coming up, we'll go on the field. Uh, poll question for today. We'll get into the poll question for today because I had fun this weekend. I think a lot of you had fun, depending upon your answer to this poll question. But um, I certainly want to get into some of the coaching decisions, some of the brand names that lost this weekend. That has to do with our poll question. We'll tell you about that next. We'll get into some baseball, we'll get into some other stuff as well. Taking up to 4 o'clock, you're listening to 1061 ESPN. We gave you the Braves all regular season on this dial. Why would we stop now? 1061 ESPN is your exclusive home for the Atlanta Braves games during the 2023 MLB playoffs. Don't miss a moment. Welcome back. 1061 ESPN. Matt Joseph's here taking up to 4 o'clock. Braves baseball tonight. Just two, maybe three games left in their season, so you might want to tune in. We are your home for the Braves, 1061 ESPN. And then Monday Night Football tonight, the Devontae Adams revenge game. Although I don't feel like there's any sort of revenge there. I feel like they just sent him away once Aaron Rodgers left. I don't think there's any animosity. But we'll all paint it that way. We'll be like, ah, it's Devontae Adams revenge game. So we'll see. He goes from Aaron Rodgers to Jimmy Garoppolo. That's not exactly an upgrade. Uh, 3270-888, that is the phone number, that is the text line. Uh, if you want to comment on what I talked about in the first segment with regards to the commanders, basically telling their fans, eh, we're fine with mediocrity. By not firing anybody, we can uh, certainly get into that. All right, so I-, I feel like if you follow me on Twitter, at MidMajorMatt, and I'm never calling it the other thing because it's not that, um, one of the things on my profile says, chances are I don't like your team. And I had an enjoyable weekend. Obviously, the Eagles won. Obviously, the Phillies won. This is not WIP, so that's where I'll leave it. Um, But a lot of the teams that I don't root for lost over the weekend. So the poll question for today at Mid-Major Matt at ESPN Richmond, whose loss did you enjoy the most this past weekend? Dallas, obviously. Miami, the Canes, the U, and Notre Dame. Now, I also came up with afterwards. See, I'm not a Sean Payton guy. I despise Sean Payton. I think he's one of the most overrated coaches in the NFL, all because he kicked an onside kick in the Super Bowl. We think he's one of the greats. Um, So I thoroughly enjoyed the Jets going in after he insulted the Jets, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And then I saw uh, Robert Sala at half court, uh, I was half court, at uh, the 50 yard line saying, um, stay humble. So I enjoyed that. I didn't put that in the poll, though, because I don't think a lot of people share my hatred for Sean Payton. But um, let's get into these uh, losses from over the weekend. First off, I mean, look, I don't even know what I could say about Dallas anymore. I don't even know, like, what there is to say. Dallas is who we thought they were. Dallas is a good football team that probably will not win the Super Bowl until either they change quarterbacks or change owners. And Jerry Jones is as much complicit about this whole thing as anybody else. Jerry Jones needs to hire a official general manager, an actual general manager, somebody who knows football, not some guy who just enjoys having the title but doesn't really care. Like He's another Daniel Snyder of sorts and that he loves. I'm sure he loves Dallas and he wants Dallas to do well, but he has no clue on how to fix Dallas. Um, I don't know what you do with Dak anymore. Like I can't give Dak the benefit of the doubt anymore. You know, the three interceptions on three straight drives, their defense gets gashed a little bit. And obviously, look, the cornerback being out is a difference. 
Stefan Gilmore then moves up to be the number one. He's not what he used to be. He's still very good, but he's not what he used to be. They can't run the ball. I do find it funny that people are like, oh, bring Zeke back. Zeke's not, Zeke's washed up. Like, let's be honest here. That's why the Patriots suck is because they use Zeke too much. It's not like if Zeke comes back, Dallas all of a sudden figures things out, becomes a great team. Now, as I say for the, everything else, is the season over? No. Season's not over for Dallas. Injuries could help them. They could figure some things out. Trey Lance could come in and quarterback, become the, the starting quarterback, and do good things. Obviously, Monday night, they play at the Chargers in L.A. A, there will be a lot of Cowboys fans there. And B, you never know what's going to happen with a Chargers game. Their coach is an idiot. So Dallas could certainly win that game, and then they get a bye. And then they host the Rams before playing at the Eagles, hosting the Giants, Carolina, Washington, Seattle. Like, their schedule lightens up a bit. Final three, final four games is at Buffalo, at Miami, home Detroit, at Washington. That That's not exactly fun. But, listen, anytime Dallas loses, you know, it's funny. I was trying to go back and forth with who I wanted to win that game from the pure scope of the Eagles. Do I want the two-game lead in the division, or do I want the loss for the team that I'm scared about could win the one seed and, and is, you know, look, San Francisco is the best team in the league. Uh, yeah, thus far. they. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not afraid to say it. I think the Eagles can be. They are not playing their best, but I think San Francisco is the best team in the league, and the distance is nice. It goes, the top three are the, Eagle, the uh, 49ers, Eagles, and Dolphins. That's your top three. Chiefs are up there, too. But I think what? Mahomes gives them a shot against any of those teams. Sure. Especially. Oh, sure. I think I think those three teams are better overall, but just having Patrick Mahomes is the biggest X factor right now. Sure. I think, you know, Detroit's up there as well. Dallas could be up there if they had a new quarterback. Seattle certainly is the it team, as a lot of people think. You know, Seattle's done a lot of good things. Jacksonville, who knows? Like, you know, there's a lot of teams. But, like, it's, it's San Francisco 1, then a distance, then the Eagles, then the Dolphins, than the Chiefs. But San Francisco is the best team in the league. And so obviously them destroying the, the Cowboys at home, somewhat expected. But it was still highly enjoyable because all the Dallas fans made the trek to San Francisco. They spent their hard-earned money and they sat in the stands and watched their team get their ass kicked, which is tremendous. I always love that. Um, so that's what's happening there. Uh, loss number two that I enjoyed over the weekend. Notre Dame. I like Look, I'm... There's three teams in college football I love when they lose. Notre Dame, Penn State, Ohio State. There's other ones that are like up there, but like those are the big three. Notre Dame, Penn State, Ohio State. They lose, I'm happy. And like Notre Dame's loss was tough, but like the best part of it is that they're now eliminated from the college football playoff. That's the best part. And it's not even like they didn't play that badly. It's just Louisville played that much better. I think we had a lot of questions. We had we had Dave Glenn on last week. We had a lot of questions about Louisville and how good they were. And they managed. I don't think a lot of us thought they were going to be able to run the ball in Notre Dame. And they ran the ball plenty. And they erupted in the second half. And now Notre Dame is essentially playing for nothing. Because they're not going to make the, the playoff. Now, the USC game, okay. They got USC. They got Clemson still. Pittsburgh, Wake Forest, Stanford. There's still five games left in the season, but no playoff. 
Now they're playing for I don't even know what their bowl game is. I don't even know what the bowl game is, but I just I just enjoy it because I think that the Irish mascot, he's the most annoying mascot in sports. Of him, sports. Him and the Celtic for me, the uh, little lucky. What do they call him? The Celtics? Is he called Lucky or something? Whatever it is. Yeah, he's right up there too. I I I despise. I mean, I'm sure the guy's a schol- on scholarship. Whoever is the Notre Dame mascot. Part of the reason why I went to it my senior year of college, I went to Notre Dame to film a basketball game for Syracuse, and the mascot kept dancing in front of me on purpose. Like he would look back at me, see me filming, and just move over and stand in front of my shot. Like I'm like, dude, you don't have to do that. So you remembered that on Saturday. <sighs> yeah. I just it's always enjoyable when Notre Dame loses. And look, I don't I'm certainly not a Miami guy. I, I've never been a Miami guy. Miami is um, an annoyance to me. Obviously, Syracuse and Miami were Big East rivals. As a Temple football fan, they used to beat Temple by a million. Um, you know, the the U thirty for thirties were fantastic. But like every year, it's the same thing with Miami. Every year they go, they buy really good assistants, they buy really good kids, although I find it funny, the the whole life wallet story that this guy's company, who's paying for a lot of the players, is like disintegrating before our eyes. But like, and look, no offense to AJ, who somehow is a Miami fan, no offense to Caesar, I know, I, I hope Caesar's okay, like obviously he's a very nice guy, met him at the studio, he won a prize, he's a very nice guy, and there's no offense to him, um, but like, just take a knee. It's like you're playing. It was it was like Miami was playing Madden, and they just went for that one last drive for the style points. They're like, what would Miami's olden teams do? Like, oh, what would Michael Irvin do, and what would all those guys do? Well, they'd score again and dance in front of them. Now I'll say this: I don't even think the guy fumbled. It was really close. It was really close. But you know what? Like, if I'm the referee, I give him the finger. And just say, you shouldn't have been running. You should have taken a knee. Like, your stupidity put us in a spot to make a call like that. We're not rewarding you. We are not rewarding you. It was close. I'm gu- I'm guessing if they ruled it not a fumble on the field, that probably wouldn't uh, would have stayed not a fumble. I'm guessing it would not have been overturned. But that's not even the worst part. Like, you're like, okay, so they fumbled it. It's Georgia Tech. What's Georgia Tech going to do? Georgia Tech just lost to Bowling Green. And just gave up, I think it was 37 points to Bowling Green. 38 points to Bowling Green. And you're like, they're not going to go the whole length of the field. And then they did. Bang, bang, bang. And then a 44-yard pass that I'm still, the literal, I mean, that was as perfect a pass as you could throw. Because you watch it, and it's almost like in the air. It's in the air, and you're like, that's going to fall short. But like somehow, some miracle, it goes and pushes right into Christian Leary, and he's wide open for a touchdown. Like, I just, to see Miami lose that way, I'll tell you this right now. Tell you this right now. And I think this is a trap. So Miami's at North Carolina on Saturday. Do you know, do you know what the line is? You, you want to guess what the line is for that game? Is it three and a half? It's three and a half. You so you must have looked. No, I, I thought I saw it earlier. I thought it was two and a half. No, it's three and a half. Okay, like so I guess three and a half now. What is what's Miami's motivation? Like you saw the pictures, the guys were crying on the sideline. They're like, "What the hell are we doing? Like, what's going on?" 
Like, why is Miami going to, why are they giving Miami the benefit of the doubt here with the three and a half number? It's three and a half in a lot of places. Like, if there was ever a letdown spot and a letdown situation, you have Drake May coming off his best game of the season. They destroyed my orange. Syracuse sucks. What else is new? Um, like, why is why is Miami getting any sort of respect here? It's a 7.30 game, so you figure there will be a good crowd in North Carolina. There's not, like, Tar Heel night or whatever they call it. It feels like a trap that it's only three and a half. I would have made it, like, five and a half, six. Well, it's at Carolina. Yeah, it's at North Carolina. Yeah, it's at it's, North Carolina. It's ABC. It's going to be the bit, one of the big games of the week still, even though my I, I can't imagine how Miami bounces back from that. I just have no idea because, like, Mario Cristobal, like, it's tough, and you can't really do it because I'm sure there's buyout stuff and, and things like that. Like, and I would probably be a terrible AD, but I I would have fired him after the game. That's the most fireable single. I mean, there's more, there's worse stuff off the field, but in terms of coaching, that's one of the most fireable one-time offenses I've seen. I mean, that's the exact way to lose a game. You literally just have to take a knee. Now, I think if the, if the time matches up, like maybe he has to walk around a little bit before he takes the knee, or actually I think he didn't have to, whatever it was, because I wasn't watching live. But like, all you have to do is take a knee, you win the game, that's it. And now you're 6-0. and No, five, yeah, six and 5-0 and going into the game against North Carolina, which would be a very important game because then you'd be one of five teams who are undefeated in the conference. All you have to do is take a knee. That's it. And he had done this before. I, I'm sure you may have heard about this at Oregon. He refused to take a knee with Justin Herbert, and he lost a game against Stanford like that. It's like he has this rule against taking a knee. I just don't understand it. There's no... If Miami goes undefeated and wins the ACC, there's no style points needed. If they win the ACC and they're undefeated, they're going to make the playoff. Like It's not like they needed help because they would have... You know, if they go undefeated the rest of the year, they still haven't played Florida State yet, but they still have North Carolina, Florida State, and Louisville, and Clemson still. They still have everything in front of them. Now they're four and one. They're not out of the conference yet. They're not, nothing is dead. But what is the motivation now to go to North Carolina off of North Carolina's one of their best games? What? I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. Right now, your leaders are Louisville and Florida State. They're both three and out. North Carolina is 2-0. Duke is 1-0. That's your top right now. And that's probably about right. Those are probably the four best teams in the conference right now. Clemson can't be up there. Clemson nearly lost to a bad Wake Forest team. So, I don't understand that line. By the way, also, I'll tell you, Louisville's heading to Pittsburgh. Did you see the headline for Pittsburgh over the weekend? Phil Dracovic, their starting quarterback, is now working out at tight end. That's where they spent their two weeks because they were coming off the bye week. By the way, Louisville at one point was a 10-point underdog to or a favorite to Pittsburgh. I actually kind of like Pitt. I'm a firm believer of bad teams coming off of bye weeks using it to kind of refresh themselves and kind of relook at the season. So I kind of do like, especially Louisville coming off of all that excitement, all that emotion, and now they're heading to Pittsburgh where they should win rather easily. It's perfect, you know, it's one of those things where you kind of have to think you have to think like a like an 18-year-old child. Like, what's their motivation to go to Pittsburgh and win? They're, they may win, but are they going to cover the eight? I, I don't think so. Um, so, yeah. Those were the ones that I picked. I mean, there you know, there were other losses over the weekend. Uh, I'm sure Virginia fans enjoyed Maryland getting their first loss. That's for sure. I'm sure that um, there were people who probably don't like Sean Payton like I do. 
Sean Payton took a lot of things, took a lot of shots at the Jets in the offseason, unnecessary shots, and then loses that game. I'm in that boat with you, too. I'm not a, I, I hated what he did to Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett wasn't some great coach, but I feel like there's a respect factor between coaches that he crossed the line on. I just think Sean Payton's won one Super Bowl. Really, an onside kick changed that entire game. Yeah, it's changed I mean, no his whole question. career. Sean Payton is 9-8 and eight in the playoffs. They make Sean Payton out to be Vince Lombardi. He is 9-8. and eight. So if you take away that run where he won the Super Bowl, that's three wins. He's 6-8 and eight in the playoffs. And he lost, he lost a lot of first rounds. I mean, Mike McCarthy probably isn't too far off from him, if not having maybe more playoff wins. Right. And Mike and McCarthy had this guy, Aaron Rodgers. Of course, Sean Payton had Drew Brees, yeah. but... It's like, it's kind of the same, and Mike McCarthy's talked about in much a lesser light than Payton. And Payton, they make him out to be some genius. And he's a good coach, but he's not an all-world coach. He's overrated. He's very overrated. And I just, I enjoyed that too. I Because I always consider, as an Eagles fan, I always consider the Jets as like my AFC brethren. They're green and white. They spell their name. Their fans are nuts like we are. Like, I almost consider them to be like, and now obviously the, you know, we're fighting each other this week because it's Eagles, Jets in, in New York. But um, I enjoyed that a lot as well. It's almost as much fun for me to, uh, you know, enjoy losses of other teams more than enjoying the wins for mine. I mean, my teams win a lot nowadays, but like it was just a lot of enjoyment. Just a lot of enjoyment, whether it was Miami or Dallas. I mean, look, you know, Dallas losing, it's it's not like Dallas does anything rash either. Like, you would think Jerry Jones, with the way he is, like he would do something rash and fire somebody. He's the opposite. He keeps people more than they need to be kept. Gives them too much money, too. He just, uh, he just, he gives money out like it's candy and then doesn't make any changes. Like, if Jerry Jones is the GM, they need to have a serious conversation this week about deciding whether or not Trey Lance needs to get more reps in practice and Dak Prescott needs to be on alert. He had three interceptions. Dak Prescott, remember, Dak did say he wasn't going to throw 10 interceptions this year. So, as long as he, if he throws 11, that counts too. He's got four right now. I'm just saying, like, for as much as Jerry Jones wants to put his hands in every decision made by Dallas, he doesn't make enough decisions. He doesn't fire anybody. He doesn't do anything. He just lets status quo happen and then has his little press conferences after the game, which is also odd for an owner to have a press conference after the game. I don't know. Uh, quick commander's news, and then I got a couple of texts here. I got to read them during the break, make sure there's no curse words. I'm like Ron Burgundy. If you put something in front of me, for the most part, I'll probably read it. The commanders have just placed Derek Forrest and Jeremy Reeves on injured reserve. So that is uh, two pieces of the secondary that, I mean, I, I like them both. I like Forrest, um, and, I, and Jeremy Reeves isn't bad. So they're going to have to go find some safety help. I'm sure they'll be working out some people this week uh, and see if they can get some safety help. But Derek Forrest and Jeremy Reeves were placed on injured reserve. All right, let's take a timeout. Coming up, we'll get into more college and pro football, a little Major League Baseball. We'll take you up to 4 o'clock. You're listening to 106.1 ESPN. Looking for Braves baseball? Your search ends here. Follow every curveball, stolen base, and grand slam of the playoffs here on the exclusive home of the Atlanta Braves in the capital city. 106.1 ESPN Richmond. 
Welcome back. 1061 ESPN. Matt Joseph's here. I had to make sure to read the texts before because one of them has a it has a lot. And I appreciate the texts. I always appreciate any sort of interaction, whether it's tweets or phone calls. And l- listen, I, I'm not trying to be all controversial to get people to call. It's just not me. This is just the way I am. Uh, Mike on uh, the text line. Two takeaways. One, it's possible to make the case that Washington is the worst team in football. They should be 0-5. The Cardinals gave them the week two game, uh, the week, well, they played in week one. Uh, The Cardinals gave them the week one game at the end, and if Denver doesn't choke uh, after leading 17-0, they're 0-5. I think the Bears just made that more apparent. All right, let me take on that part first. Uh, I don't think they're that bad. I don't, um, because you could say that for a lot. You could say that for a lot of teams that they've had close, you know, the Eagles may not be 5 and 0 because Washington probably should have gone for two or, you know, I, I don't know, uh the Lions I think have had a close game. I, I don't know what everybody else has done. Pretty much everybody except for the Niners has had a close game. So like you could take one or two plays and change everybody. I think the Commanders are playing like a 2 and 3 team right now. I think they can be a 3 and 2 or a 4 and 1 team if they have a new defensive coordinator. But if they continue to let Jack Del Rio do his thing, then they're going to be a two and four team or a three and three team. And like they're going to kind of be in that middle, which is where you never want to be in any sports. You either want to be really good or really bad. If you're in the middle, it's the worst place to possibly be because your draft picks aren't good enough and you're not good enough to make the playoffs. So what the hell are you? So I, I can't I can't go that far. They're not worse than the Carolina Panthers. They're not worse than Denver. They beat Denver. They're not worse than uh, the Patriots, who haven't scored since uh, Tom Brady was in the Patriots jersey. Only scored 55 points. Saw a stat that Jake Elliott, the Eagles kicker, has more points than the Patriots do. So, now, I I, I understand where you're coming from, Mike, because as I read the second part. Number two, as a Dallas fan, you're right. We won't win it with Dak. The offense is just not good, which is sad that we're wasting the prime of our defensive guys. Gallup hasn't stayed healthy, and last night was the first time we heard Brandon Cook's name. If Jerry would have paid up Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz, and keep Zeke, we would have more firepower. I know you think Zeke is washed up, uh, but him and Pollard complement each other. Pollard hasn't shown he's a number one back. I, um... I just, I don't think, I I mean, look, Amari Cooper, like, I don't love paying wide receivers. I just don't. You have to be a really special wide receiver, because if you look at the drafts, I mean, there's a lot of good wide receivers that come out. You know, like a Tyreek Hill, he deserves it. Although he's a a one-trick guy in terms of he's a speed guy. It's not like he's a great route runner. It's not like he's, you know, he's he's going to catch the ball, and he's going to go faster than everybody else. Whereas, you know, Cooper Cup, he's a one-trick guy, too, because Cooper Cup's a great route runner. Um, so, like, I don't love paying wide receivers. Um, plus, Amari Cooper's age and his, I, I believe he's he's a, he's an injury risk. Uh, the Dalton Schultz thing, like, I mean, if you're if you're saying, like, a tight end coming back is, is, is a problem, like, I, I don't know about that. You know, it's funny. I, I look at Amari Cooper. He's 29 years old. But, like... He feels like he should be a lot older. He's NFL old. He came in the league in 2015. He's been in the league for three, six, eight years. He feels like he shouldn't be 29. He feels like he should be 31 or 32. He's, I think he's, he's NFL old. He's not real old. He's NFL old. Um, but like, if you're saying to me that, oh, Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz, and Z, you, can't, you couldn't have paid all those guys anyway. Because Jerry Jones is your GM, and he doesn't know what Howie Roseman does. He doesn't know what these other people do. He's not great with the salary cap. 
I think at some point they have to go and, and and they have to light a fire under Dak's butt by giving Trey Lance more reps. Like Trey Lance has to get more snaps in practice and they have to kind of convey the opportunity through the media that like if Dak doesn't shape up, they're going to go to Trey Lance. Now I'm not saying Trey Lance is going to win games, but like maybe the fact that he might lose his job may actually tell Dak to wake up. I don't know. By the way, so I got to get into this for a minute. And once again, this is not Philly Sports Radio, but this has been annoying me. The the whole brotherly shove thing, like the fact that the NFL wants to get rid of it because the Giants had two guys get hurt, and then the Giants admitted they didn't even practice the play. So, like, the Giants get hurt. They can't do it. The Eagles do it better than anybody else. They've only missed, like, two or three times out of, like, 40 or 45 times. And the NFL says, it's so unstoppable and such an ugly play, we have to review it in the offseason. My stance is this. Personally, I hate the play. Not the aesthetics of it. I get nervous every time that somebody doesn't roll up on Jalen Hurts. I just, I don't love it. But I don't love any quarterback sneaks. This is just a different quarterback sneak because he gets pushed. Is it my favorite play? No. Do I want it abolished? No. If we get rid of all the plays that are unstoppable, then we can't have Cooper Cup running slants. Gone. Gotta go. See ya. We can't have Tyreek Hill run go routes. Unstoppable. Gotta go. Can't do it anymore. Like, it shouldn't be a penalty for the Eagles that they do something better than everybody else. Because that's what Bill Belichick made his whole career with, with the Patriots. They found loopholes. They found things. What was it? That one time when they played, I think, the Ravens, and Belichick found a rule and used it against the Ravens, and nobody knew about this rule, and he used it, and it worked. Belichick just knew the rules better then. I, I, I just... I don't love the aesthetics of the play, and every time they do it, I hold my breath because I think Jalen Hurts is going to get hurt. But like the NFL coming out and saying, well, we have to look at the health of it. How many times has anybody in the Eagles gotten hurt doing the play? Never. Ever. Has anybody gotten hurt defending the play? No. So the NFL, if they do, I, I fully expect this will be the last year for it, and it's an ugly play. And I thought they got rid of the push in college football, but I saw that several times because I remember... I thought they got rid of it after Reggie Bush pushed Matt Leinard in in South Bend. I thought they got rid of it then because I don't remember anybody else ever doing it. And then all of a sudden, it's back now in college football and more teams are doing it and they're running it properly. So because the Giants couldn't do it, which they can't do anything right, we're going to get rid of that play completely. We're going to abolish it. That's my thought on the tush push. I believe the Giants ran it yesterday if I was watching. And I watched it over the weekend. I think I maybe saw the Bills do it, and I've decided maybe the Jaguars could do it if they feel they have the personnel around Lawrence. Those are those are a couple of the teams that could possibly do it. Most teams just don't have the quarterback to be able to do that. You have to have a strong quarterback. It's not so much the push. It's the offensive line and the quarterback. Like right. It's not the push. The push helps, but you have to, as an offensive line, clean it out. And everybody has it on film. They know it's coming, and the Eagles still can do it. So you want to penalize the Eagles because they do something better than everybody else? Then get rid of Cooper Cup slants. Get rid of Tyreek Hill bombs. Get rid of Jason uh, Travis Kelsey choice routes. Get rid of all the stuff that, uh, that people have advantage of. Let's all run six plays like it's Tecmo Super Bowl. That's all. If that's what we want to do, let's go and become Tecmo Super Bowl and have everybody pick six plays, and that's it. That's all. We're concerned about injuries. How about getting rid of the uh, the turf in uh, Minnesota 
whatever the hell they have. I mean, if Jason, if Travis Kelsey had gotten hurt, A, the Swifties would have been pissed, and B, the NFL would have been pissed. Do something about the New York field, too. Get rid the, of all that stuff. The amount of injuries on that field. If that's what we're worried about. There's a lot of things. I mean, it's, that's one thing where players are getting injuries, but there's a lot of more important stuff that injures players. Right. I'm just saying. Like, I, I get it. The NFL's like, oh, we got to stop the injuries because the Giants had two guys get hurt because the Giants try to play they've never tried before. Giants mess up most plays. Yeah, the Giants can't do anything right. And we're going to benefit of the doubt. Um... Try Bill texted in and said the Phillies and Harper are in the heads of the Braves. Phillies and four. Sorry, I like the Braves, but the Phillies have their number. I mean, I, I said that last week. I said it was Phillies and four. I think I was wrong because I think it's it could be Phillies and three. We'll see. I mean, that's that's the thing, you know. And I, you know what? Let me break and then I'll do this for my last segment. It'll be the perfect lead-in because I'm sure Bob will want to touch on this as well. So let's take a break. We'll do our final segment. Uh, we'll get you set for the rest of the week. You're listening to 1061 ESPN. And spiders? Well, you've got them. 1061 ESPN is your exclusive radio home for all things spiders athletics in the River City all year long. 